0: So hey, just so everybody knows, we're going to try things, and I'm going to ask to do things, and I'm going to do things, and probably 50% of them are going to be stupid and or suck. So just so that we're all open, prepared to suck, yeah, and that's all okay, right? Yeah, we're we're going to support each other through misery. That's what we're going to do in here. Great, thank you.
1: (laughs) From New York Goofs Media, this is Dick Monday, and you're listening to This American Goofball. The podcast set down in actual time. I'm sitting with my partner, Tiffany Riley, and we are the founders of The Laughter League. Hi. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, Dick. You know... Why did we decide to bring a circus to Dallas last year?
2: You know how there's just certain things that you always want to do, like your whole life, and then you keep thinking you're going to do it, but then you don't, and then life happens, and then you get a little bit older, and then some more life happens, and then you think, I really should do that thing? And, you know, for me, the first moment that I stepped into the circus ring when we were with the Big Apple Circus that was one of the most magical moments in my life. To stand in that ring and look all around at the people and look up and see the top of the tent and just the magic energy that happened. And it happened every single time we stepped into that ring with the Big Apple Circus. And we've never gotten really a chance to do another long-term circus like that in a tent. And, And I've been wanting to find that magic again. I just felt like For me personally, we needed to do this like now or never.
1: I think we have to put things in perspective since we've clowned with circuses around the world. Uh, We
2: haven't had our own circus since when we met in Los Angeles and were part of the LA circus that you were one of the founders of.
1: There's something incredibly mysterious and romantic and sexy about a circus tent, and I felt that same kind of drive that you did, and that desire to to want to take this chance. And the thing about it is, we knew way in advance that the chances of actually making a profit or even breaking even the first year on a venture like this were were nearly impossible, but we did it anyhow. So the first challenge we had, and I think the one that we kind of fell short on, was that we needed to find a location to set up this 150-seat tent. And we looked all around. We looked at breweries, and we thought we'd team up with a brewery and set up in their parking lot. We just had no luck in really securing a spot. And it got later and later and later, and pretty soon we found ourselves in June. Knowing that we were planning on bringing this tent in October, we still didn't have a place to set the tent up. Luckily, we were appearing in a theater festival at the Bathhouse Cultural Center in Dallas, uh, right on White Rock Lake. And we started meeting some of the people involved there. The head, Marty. And we talked to her about setting up a tent.
2: And in our mind, with our publicist and our board, we had a date that if we couldn't find a place by this certain date that we were going to have to wait until the following year and it was about two weeks after that date that we actually met marty van cleek who said that's a great idea let's do it at the bathhouse and so we got together with our team and said you know we're kind of late Uh, tiffany yeah
1: uh can you do another impression of marty
2: Actually, she's a little... She's got a little more maturity than that's I... That's what I know. thought. I okay. just wanted you... <laughs> she does. If she
1: hears this, she, and she okay. will, well, I don't right. know if she's going to want to well, hear you go...
2: Well, she's more... Oh, sure, you got no, no, no. She's more okay. like, that's a great idea. I love it.
1: Oh, I like that. That's, that's better. It. Yeah, she's very... It'll uh, be
2: great <laughs> for the bathhouse. And we've got the friends of the bathhouse. And, oh, it's just... And look at that sunset. I mean... So we had to do it because we fell in love with the whole idea. And we said... Who cares if we're a little, few weeks late? We'll just go for it and do it anyway. And she went, that'll be easy. Come on. Let's do it.
1: That's exactly what she said.
2: <laughs> she did. And she kept saying that until we believed her.
1: Yeah. And so we decided that's where we'd do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and we said, well, are we going to need permits and things here? Oh, no. We do this all the time. We yeah. put stuff up.
2: think you'll need a permit. No. Probably not. Probably not. Huh. Interesting. So here's what happened. I went down to the city with my rudimentary um, aerial plan of what the tent was going to look like on the grounds and everything that I could find on the website that you needed in order to get a tent permit. I went down there. I filled it out as much as I could, and I waited for like an hour and a half, and the guy called me, and he looked at me, and he looked at the paper, and he said, you know, you don't have this filled out, like, at all correctly. You're missing so much stuff. And I was feeling pretty deflated and dejected. And then he said, here, let me see it. And then he basically showed me how to fill it out correctly, helped me get all the right things in place, and, and it was ready to go. And he goes, now, the only other thing you need is a contractor. I said, well, I don't, I don't have a contractor. And he said, well, do you have 140 bucks?" <laughs> and I said, well, yes, I do, as a matter of fact. And he goes, well, congratulations. If you become a contractor, then you're in business. And that's what happened.
1: We didn't just decide to bring a tent. We actually knew someone, um, a juggler, whose family has been in the circus business for many, many generations, the Vasquez family. And his name is Dario Vasquez, and he's a world-class juggler that uh, we originally worked with back in the 90s in Los Angeles at the LA Circus. And he had this tent, this petite palace, and they'd tried a couple of different cities setting the tent up and doing a circus. And so we contacted Dario and asked him about bringing the tent, and his wife's name is Carly, and they have a, a young baby. I guess most babies are fairly young. Really, grown.
2: that's is that a, yeah. is that redundant?
1: <laughs> well, that's the one thing I've learned about being a clown is that children are are smaller. But um, <laughs> so um, <laughs> Maximo, uh, he was a baby, <laughs> still is. He's
2: actually still a baby. He's still just a, a little baby. older now.
1: How long does it take before you get out of being a baby? Some never do. That's true. Thank you very much. Most of them are clowns. Okay, let's get back to the podcast. Okay,
2: uh, Dario and So Matt.
1: Dario and. And Matt. Now, Matt Morgan was uh, one of our students back in... 97. 1997. uh, Tiffany and I, we used to be the directors of the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Clown College, and so each year we would audition thousands of people and accept a class of about 35 people to go to Clown College. And at the end of that, we would audition the entire class for the owners of the circus, Kenneth Feld and company and make decisions on who would travel with The Greatest Show on Earth. So uh, one of our students in 1997 was Matt Morgan. Uh, The reason we talk about Matt right now is that he had teamed up with Dario Vasquez with the Petite Palace to try and produce some shows in this small tent version of a circus. And the reason that's relevant is because right now Matt and Heidi... Heidi, his wife, are hosting a show in Vegas called Absinthe, which also is performed under a tent. So this whole drive toward intimacy is starting to catch on, and we're right now in the forefront of this whole movement. And since Matt was appearing in Absinthe in Vegas, we made a a decision that Matt should direct the show, and we would take off our director hats and just be clowns and producers in this very, very uh, incredibly scary venture.
2: We're talking about it, and we've done it, so we survived.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Here's the thing. We brought a circus to town. We set it up at the Bathhouse Cultural Center in Dallas on the banks of White Rock Lake, in October. Oh, such a beautiful October. lake. It's such a pretty lake. It's a gorgeous lake. Yeah. And things went, well, exactly as planned when the truck got there that great Monday in October. You
0: have to pull Yeah, yeah. Okay, go straight. Straight, stop. Go, Dario. Go the Boys, other way. Go the other way, guys. It was push. a great
2: Monday. We were ready with our certificate of occupancy, our tent permit prepared to speak to any fire department officials or city officials who might come and, and have questions. We had a lot of friends show up to help us with setting up the tent. We had the Ward family, a close uh, family friends of ours with their son, Sam, who's largely due to our influence in his life has decided to become a clown. I'm not sure how the parents really feel about that.
1: I think I kind of do, but go on.
2: (laughs) Oh, Megan and Morgan, these uh, twins who we also may or may not have largely impacted their life course. And their parents
1: uh, are really fond of us as well. (laughs) The thing to remember is that beginning of October, the Monday that we started set up was about 95 degrees, sunny and bright. It continued to be in the 90s for the three days it took to set up this tent. Dario, go the
0: other way, go the other way, guys. Dario, yeah. push, Watch wait, Dario, push more. Dario, push. Push. OK. Straighten it out. The slow slow. Watch that phone for us. Just pull it. You don't need to go right back there. Stay right where you are, Dario. Don't go anymore. Go, guys. Pull right there.
1: Ah, the sun's setting right this instant. That's gorgeous. You come around the corner of the Bathhouse Cultural Center and, wow, you kind of have to just stop and look. A circus tent set right up next to the lake. This is gorgeous. You know, circuses were traditionally called mud shows, Because, some reason, circuses attract rain. So you're always setting up and tearing down in the mud. Well, so far, we've been very lucky because, well, we're in grass. Grass is much better than mud. Uh, It was in the 90s today, so the tent is uh, in the 90s. And now it's time to start getting this thing in shape. Check, check, one, two, hop! Check, check. Do some Shakespeare Check, 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 check. One, two, hup, hup, hello. And Matt showed up on the last day of setup with Heidi, his wife, and his clown partner, and their two year old son, Parker. Okay,
0: sounds away. Mike, are you within your shot? So the idea is to do as much of this as we want to tonight, let you run your number, whatever, look at your thing, whatever. Tomorrow we're going to come in early and sort of tech and run through the show so oh, Anna gets sure. a crack at it before we do it tomorrow night. So right. tomorrow there'll be another sort of like, let's run it. Cool.
1: The performers in the Petite Palace, other than Dario, who's a juggler, and his wife, Carly, who is an aerialist, Matt and Heidi are clowns, so they were coming from vegas with the tent to perform in our show the rest of the talent in the circus we hired locally from right here in dallas and that included kelly and julio the The ramazzinis oh well put thank you julio is a clown and a juggler and kelly is an aerialist and a clown both wonderful performers Along with that, we supplied a sophomore who does some aerial work. He also does a great hula hoop back. Is,
0: is Ossip's Hoops sexy?
1: Megan McKinnon, who does a wonderful hula hoop act, and some other guest performers. But one performer I just left out is Magic Mike Williams. You know, Mike was out of town for the whole setup process doing another engagement, and Mike had never really been a part of a circus. He's a stage performer, great magician. We've worked with Mike for probably 10 years uh, in variety shows around Texas, but he was out of town for the setup, but he did communicate via email asking a lot of questions, and a lot of questions of Matt about what to expect and where he was going to park and what's going to happen here and what they needed there and who was really responsible for paying us and all the things we normally ask uh, one another when we're doing an engagement but Matt had never met Mike and so all of these questions became a little bit of a who's this Magic Mike guy? Well we know Magic really well, he's a great performer he is very detail-oriented, but I think it set Madoff uh, as director of the Petite Palace in kind of a, a strange way, so that when Mike showed up for the first rehearsal that Wednesday night, we had a little bit of adjusting to do. Check,
0: check, one, two, huck, huck, hello. My name is Magic Mike, everyone say, hi, Magic Mike.
1: Hi, Magic Mike. Hi. We uh,
0: so, say, what, we have two entrances, so my impulse I can make Dario go this way, and you come G-O on from go. that way, unless you feel comfortable coming on from there. Either way will work for me. Um, for some reason, there's... The, you dress, what are you wearing? Uh, black suit, black tie, white shirt. Okay, great. So maybe we can Unless have you eat. want me to go more circusy, yeah. then I have a red nah, jacket, nah, black I tie. like the, the thing you just said, the suit okay. thinks outside. Uh, let's have you... I don't know why, but there's, for some reason I feel like you've just come in from parking your car. Boop, beep. And you've come in and you, I don't know, there's a, a feel to you about that. So maybe we would have you come from this way. You don't have to do any of that uh-huh. stuff, but it could be. Maybe there's something there. Right. So we'll have Doyle finish. We'll have Doyle go that way. Uh-huh. And then okay. you'll come in from this way. Yeah. Yeah. I think you should go that way again, like you're going back to your car. And be like, guys, I got to go corporate. I'll see you guys later. Thanks for having me tonight.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then we can put a sound cue. So get I like your BMWs parked right out front. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. I do a little bit of comedy, a little bit of magic. I mix them both together, so it's neither funny nor amazing. Check, check, check. How's it sound? Not the greatest.
1: So the rehearsal process was straight ahead. I felt pretty good about the show. We made some changes as as we went along and Matt really took control of everything. It was an interesting relationship because Matt's very strong-willed. No, come on. <laughs> to his to his benefit. Absolutely. And has a great, very funny, a great relationship with Heidi, his wife, as far as performing partners and maybe a little overwhelmed having a two-year-old and who isn't (laughs) and Parker is quite an energetic young man but the performers for the most part uh, listened and uh, followed all of Matt's wishes and his direction there might have been a few tail feathers that were ruffled because Matt was very specific in what he wanted and what he didn't want
0: So. We're all in here, so let's just, I'm gonna walk through the show right now, audio yogely if that's a word. Uh, if you want to sort of step through your app with music and check your lights, let's just do that now. If you want to skip to the end of it, fine. But this will also give everybody a little bit of an idea of running order and what we're asking of you, yeah? Did I get any rollerball of music? No. Press yeah, zero. Coming? Is, I, I sent to Tiffany. Right? Oh, you did email it. I told you Lieutenant, to send it to Matt. Well, I don't have his email. Yes, you do. It's in the email. He sent you an email. Ugh. Oh, that's too hard for me. <coughs> that's she's... Is the is the baby supervising? Let's just take a second. Can you just look out there at Dario and his family? Lake in the background, like mm-hmm. no sidewall. Like, why? Why is there not some photographer here documenting every single second of what we're doing?
2: Now? We're doing a podcast instead. <laughs>
0: Describe. It. Describe so. what's going okay, on. Okay,
2: here's what's going. Oh, thank you, Mike. Because that's a great idea. What's happening right now is that we're literally. Okay, next. Oh, <laughs>
1: That wonderful laugh you hear throughout is our lighting and sound operator, Anna Claviter. Her joyful spirit never ceased <laughs> to amaze her. From China? Yeah, China.
0: <laughs>
2: we gotta laugh where we can.
1: So the rehearsals went well, and we got ready for opening night.
2: Wait, can I say one thing? Because when um, Matt was our student at Clown College and I taught dance, and he was a really good dancer in the first place, but for me, it was one of the great greatest moments of that rehearsal day was learning his choreography of a Charleston that had sort of like a hint of something he may have learned at Clown College, but it was like totally his, so it was kind of a come full circle in here I got to be part of something that he was putting together and to me every single night that was the most fun moment because it was like ah this is this is why we do this this is why we do everything that we do for moments like this
0: let's 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 let it be the music goes out and the light shift into bright and hopefully that'll Give us the attention that we need to then say we're going to begin. If I'm out there and you're out there and Heidi's out there, we can we can push the focus to something that's going to happen. And if we I feel think like, warming up. Yeah, yeah, great, I love that, I love that. Ooh, oh my gosh, and maybe we can have a little interaction to play something.
1: Yeah, we love him. We were working with him in such a different relationship than we were. 21 years previous and I have to say as a teacher and a director to see one of my students become one of my peers is a really humbling journey but a really wonderful journey and maybe the subject of another podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> on, uh, on that opening night uh, we looked at the weather report for the weekend and unfortunately uh, there was some rain in the forecast and it started to rain that opening night and I think it did probably hurt our crowds for the opening weekend as it rained throughout that first weekend Friday Saturday and Sunday all all had rain in them and we didn't do horrible business but we by no means did good business
2: no but that was kind of the whole idea when you that's why we chose three weeks because we felt like we knew we would we would struggle the first week, we would need to get the word out, we would try to get friends to come see the show that, so that hopefully it would build as we went on. If you just do it one week, you don't have time to do that.
1: Right, well we felt like the audience was just loving this show. And as a performer, I had never felt the connection to my audience, the way I did on that little stage, being surrounded by people, there was something unlike any other performance I'd ever done in my entire life. It was that magical. I mean, I I just loved it. So we finished the weekend of performances, and we all felt really energized. We weren't depressed by the smaller crowds because we knew, you know, people see rain, they feel rain. They don't want to leave their house, and especially when it means going to a, a venue, a tent which kind of feels like it's outdoors even though you're dry inside. Uh, <laughs> so, the great thing about having a 3 week run, like you said, is that we get a chance to to do some some PR, and the Tuesday after our opening weekend, we had a really important PR on the uh, local Fox syndicate here in Dallas.
2: So, um, um, about this PR, the Fox 4 thing next Tuesday morning. So it's going to be in the studio. We're going to have three, I'm going to show you, everything we
1: have, <laughs> have So we go down there. We have uh, Dario Vasquez, juggler, and he does his segment. And it goes out live. And secondly, we were, uh, Julio uh, and Kelly Ramazzini do a little hand balancing act and, and that goes off fine. And the third segment was for, uh, myself and Tiffany to really talk the, the, the brass tacks, you know, the, where it is, uh, when to come, what it's really about and do the up close and personal interview. So by the time it came for Tiffany and I to do the final big plug to sit at the desk with the hosts of the show and we were psyched for that, the producer walks in and says, "Uh, I'm really sorry, but we're having a a really heavy downpour of rain uh, and some possible tornadoes uh, south of the city over near Waxahachie. And so all the crews are out there and we're doing a a remote broadcast there. So I'm really sorry, but your final part of this broadcast has been preempted.
2: Canceled. Everything was going to be about weather from that moment on.
1: Well, it sure was that morning. (laughs) They got two inches of rain in about an hour and a half, and the roads were flooded. And it was uh, really freaky weather. Um, so I understood we were angry, but we didn't get to do the close on that spot.
2: Our publicist Kathy Beasley felt really bad that we were all standing there, and she knows those folks. And she said, "What if you just film it anyway? What's the harm? We're already here." And that was such a great move on her part. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh. you can bring the entire <laughs>
0: family to the show. It runs through the 21st of October at the Bathhouse Cultural Center in Dallas. A link with more information.
1: And as it turned out, they replayed it in the 6 o'clock news. So we really, we had a break here. We had some really good luck because we reached a lot more people than we thought we were going to reach with that PR. And all of a sudden, the phone started to light up. (laughs) ¶¶ So we got really excited for the second weekend of our run, and I remember sitting in that tent that Friday afternoon, and it was still raining.
2: It's Friday night, it's been raining all day, and um, basically Dario and Sam are using brooms to push the tent up so that the water can roll off the tent. Whoa! Oh, it rained (laughs) right there. That's that's what we were talking about. And into the ground. And then outside the tent, the lake is rising. Uh, It's about three feet from the back door of the uh, tent dick.
1: I might add there's only a 30% chance of rain today.
2: Luckily though, Heidi, Heidi and I we're feeling very positive, aren't we Heidi? That's right. There's a lake right outside the door.
0: There's a there's a, there's a there is a lake. And now there's another lake. <laughs> there's we're surrounded by lake. We're it's, on an island.
1: It's a tributary <laughs> and I think we're a peninsula now. Oh, yes,
0: uh,
2: you're right, a peninsula. Sorry. Is really now you want to talk? We <laughs> <laughs> want Nine? Uh, not yet. Hey, not uh, yet? Parker. Yeah. Parker, how old are you? Four. You're three? Four. Yeah. Oh, how old Four. are you going to be on your birthday? Four. Three. Three? <laughs> <laughs> Next year. Oh, here comes the rain.
0: Okay, it good. Comes rain. Over.
2: It's a half hour, please, everybody. Half hour. Half hour to showtime. It really? Yeah, it's half hour. I'm waiting to put my lashes on. Heidi's worried about drowning her <laughs> lashes. <laughs> I just
1: have to pee really bad (laughs)
2: because of all the running water the flap just go okay (laughs) Um. (laughs) up there it is hear it
0: Keep shifting later a little bit. So, I mean, in one respect, that's good, and in another stop respect- oh God, In another respect, it just means that at some point, it's going to fucking destroy it. Woo! Woo Hey, also FYI, there's a big pole right here, so watch out. Hey, everybody, the stage is going to be wet. So, be conscious up there, yeah? Be super conscious. Is it go time? What time is it? Well, I mean, it's 7.20, so we should've gone a little faster. So here, or what? Are you ready to go? Go. Okay, here we go, kids. Let's start the show.
1: so we were all very excited by the performance and, and a wonderful crowd who was brave enough to come out during those rains and sit through a very wet experience for the performers the audience stayed dry for the most part they were in the tent even though there was leaking tent on the middle of the tent which is the stage and that was crazy trying to keep that stage dry so we went through a lot of towels
2: i remember having to carry lily to the stage so she didn't get her tap shoes soaked
1: it's a really memorable night it was
2: the reviewer was there that night so and she captured that feeling very well in her review as well
1: (laughs) she gave us a great review and we thank her for that But the next morning when we woke up, it was still raining. So we got in our car and we drove to the Bathhouse Cultural Center.
2: Yeah. And the whole time we were having conversations with Matt about what were we going to do? Should we cancel the first two shows? Because it was going to be, it was so rainy and it was so muddy and it hadn't had a chance to drive from the night before. And so we kind of had decided that we were probably going to have to cancel the first Show or two, and then hopefully it would stop raining, and we could do the nighttime shows.
1: So we're heading over to the lot It's afternoon. The rain starts to let up a little bit as we're yeah. on our way there. The
2: sun peeks out
1: It says, "Hey, remember me?" Yeah <laughs> Since the rain did stop, some people showed up for the four o'clock show and it it couldn't go on because in between one and four o'clock, even though the rain had stopped, the lake, which serves as a reservoir, had collected this week-long rain and it started rising.
2: And it kept rising. And the water level was even with the stage inside our tent.
1: The chairs were floating. We put in a plastic floor, which goes under the carpeting on the floor of the tent. It was floating. Ducks were swimming in the front door of the tent.
2: Quack, quack, quack.
1: Funny now.
2: That was, yeah, we can <laughs> laugh about it now. But then we had a very important decision we had to make. I mean, we knew right away there's, there's no shows happening here tonight. I could see Dario and Carolee's faces and Matt, and we're realizing that we have to move the tent.
1: sad and it was scary and I too saw the look on their faces, Dario and Carolee. They were going to lose their their livelihood.
2: Here's where I think that moment when we said Matt's the director, this was the moment in everything else that happened where he really showed that he was the director. He looked at it, he looked at all of us he spent like two minutes thinking about it and then said, let's move it.
1: So we started looking for another location. for the tent. And uh, about a 100 yards away, we found a little opening in the woods where we could possibly squeeze our tent in. So I, we walked over, Matt and Dario and I and Tiffany and we... And Marty. And Marty. And we walked out this area and figured that it was possible to squeeze it in there. So that's when we said, let's go. And we started pulling everything out of that tent. Unfortunately, everything was soaking wet. So before we could really move it, we had to dry it. So we started hanging carpeting and hanging the sidewall over the railings. The most amazing moment (laughs) for me, other than the ducks swimming in our tent, unticketed, was the fact that they were having a fundraiser inside the Bathhouse Cultural Center. And all of a sudden, as I looked over my shoulder, there was a woman dressed in formal attire who had taken her fur coat off, I imagine, and was pulling things out of his tent with us. As it turns out, she was a, a very active member of the local theater community.
2: And she happened to have a pair of rain boots in her trunk.
1: <laughs> and she walked out of the fundraiser and decided to help us and our crazy friends save a circus tent. And more astonishingly, that night after we got home at about two in the morning, uh, we found <laughs> a donation on our website that she had contributed
2: $500. And what she said in her note was that she was making that donation because she didn't want anything. To keep us from pursuing our dream of creating a circus, I'm, I'm recording. So we're,
1: uh, we're on the lot. Bathhouse Cultural Center, we're, um, we're trying to recover from uh, a 100-year flood that has happened twice in the last three weeks. Uh, so I think we're going to rename it to Three-Week Flood. So what's happening is we're moving a truss with about 10 people and two dollies from one low lying lot where we were flooded into a higher lot where hopefully we won't flood the next rain that's coming in about 12 two, hours. Well,
2: it's <laughs> anybody's guess. Yeah, but the way it's
1: been raining recently, it's coming. We know it's coming. 33. Not sure when. So we're moving to another lot. So the truss is the part that goes right in the center of the two pieces of truss and they weigh a billion, billion tons. Nice That's legal. Places. Oh wait, they're
2: going. They're going to move the truss. Okay, they probably need move us. move
1: the truss. We're going to have to do some work. So, so keep, going, keep going,
2: keep going, keep going, keep going. Big dip. Watch out, watch out. A big, big dip. Oh yeah. Incredible. What do we do when we get to that ridge right there? Dario, we
0: got to go you. OK. So slow down, Dario. Okay, here we go. Start.
2: Okay. Oh, hi, butterflies. What the hell?
0: This is the place to take the right. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, right here. Gotta you go right. No. Stop. You got to swing around, Dario. Yeah, so this goes the to the stake. Got it. Ready? One, two, three. Come on. Let him come. Watch your toes. Okay. And let's go. Push.
2: Watch out for the pile ants.
0: Okay, stop. Stop. Down. Woo! That one's not hard at all. Here we go. One, two, three! Okay. A little more. A little more. A little more. Careful. Wait. Wait. Good. Come, Dario. Come. Stop. Going down. within an
1: inch, from uh, So we're in a totally new location, about, what, 50 yards away? Yeah. It's about that. But we're about to call four or five feet higher yeah. than the other spot. We're pretty sure this will work.
2: But Dario just chose, like, football teams at school. He just came over here and picked the strongest people, and we're both still standing here, so he didn't pick us.
1: Don't we look strong?
2: <laughs> I mean, mentally, we're strong.
1: I mean, I, I'm sweaty, so You're at least sweating. he knows I'm a hard worker. You
2: can still lift me over your head, so you must yeah. be strong. So Kelly Ramazzini is uh-huh. a, a Ringling, former Ringling clown, Turned aerialist, still clown, married to the craziest Brazilian we've ever met. (laughs) That's right. uh, So by day, she's helping put the tent together. By night, she'll be um, on the trapeze. And uh, Kelly, just a couple of words you'd like to say about this experience for the podcast. Um, I think that
0: this is probably the most memorable experience of my life. (laughs) And I will be laughing about it for many years to come and telling these stories to
2: my one day, grandchildren. Perfect. And Me other too. people's grandchildren, because yeah. I'll be old and just talk about only this. That's right.
1: Oh, uh, I had never appreciated my community like I had after that. After that move, we saved the tent.
2: It was amazing. It was, it was a coming together of humans.
1: You know, earlier I mentioned that. Uh, One of our performers, Magic Mike, wasn't available uh, for the setup of the tent. He missed that part of this experience and just showed up for the first night of rehearsals. But after that first night, when things uh, continued to be dire, the rain, Magic Mike was on the lot every second of that work and became one of the hardest working guys of this entire crew I'm not taking
0: interviews,
2: right? Now. Yeah, Mike okay, Mike Williams. Magic Mike Williams has been here almost the entire time. I we can't thank him enough, but Mike, I just wonder if you just have a few words you'd like to say for
0: the podcast. Don't ever join a circus. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. If you want to have the time of your life, join the circus.
2: Oh sweet. Thanks, yeah. Mike. You're welcome. You're hired. <laughs> Wait a minute. We can never we can never, ever, ever replace you. Wow. That's the best compliment I've gotten. <laughs>
1: I think he really realized what, you know, working together, uh, finding a family, a community. He'd never worked, I, I think, with people as passionate for this art as the people that do circus. I think it was a game changer for Magic Mike.
2: came and we opened and we had an incredible weekend of shows and every show was full and we had everything from a group of 20 12 year olds celebrating a birthday party to a bunch of circus folks from around the area who would come to see us, uh, clowns from Ringling, uh, people from the neighborhood, the neighborhood embraced it, which was great, it was one of the risks that we were worried about, what was the neighborhood at White Rock Lake going to think about this a bunch of circus people hanging out (laughs) at the bathhouse for a month and they embraced it and they embraced us and celebrated with us this uh incredible experience known as the Petit palace
0: After you enjoying the petite College, we'll see you in one year or less. Thank you, and good night!
2: Did he really just say, we'll be back in one year or less?
1: Yeah, and there were quite a few witnesses. Wow.
2: (laughs) Can that really happen?
1: (laughs) Absolutely, that could happen. In fact, it's going to happen.
2: Wow, we must be out of our minds.
1: We certainly are.
2: 2019. (laughs) Yep. October 18th, opening night.
1: The Petite Palace will return to the banks of White Rock Lake.
2: I think it's important that you say on the banks and not (laughs) in the lake.
1: (laughs) Why would you say that? I don't know. Oh, you listened to the podcast.
2: I sure did.
1: (laughs) Well, it's almost time to hop on a plane. We're heading to Boston to raise some money for the Laughter League.
2: Yes, we are. We rented a swanky theater, the Calderwood Pavilion, right there in the middle of Boston. We're going to present a fundraiser featuring some great entertainment for a great cause.
1: That's right, because that supports the clowns that work at Boston Children's Hospital five days a week, bringing laughter to those who need it most. Well, that's going to be a lot of fun, and we'll find out how it goes next time on This American Goofball. This American Goofball is a production of RF Media in association with the Laughter League. Sound editing provided by Rich Froelich. Music provided by Free Music Archive. This American Goofball is brought to you by the Laughter League. Inspiring laughter for those who need it most in children's hospitals, schools, libraries, and any place families gather the laughter league. You can always find us at laughterleague.org. Well, we hope you enjoyed our show and until next time, keep listening to this American goofball.